Welcome to the show. Before we get talking about an actual college football game, that's right, Max Olson and I, my colleague from The Athletic, we watched an actual college football game. He was in Nebraska. I was in Florida. The game was played in Alabama between a team from Tennessee and a team from Arkansas. But we all watched it. And it was on our TV, and it was college football, and it was awesome. So before we talk about what we took away from Central Arkansas's win against Austin P, we got to talk about a little bit of news. Jamar Chase, LSU wide receiver, defending Bolitnikoff Award winner, is opting out of this season. And I tell you what, this one didn't come as a shock to me. What came as a shock was a few weeks ago when it looked like he was going to play. Because, you know, if we're talking about the guys that have nothing to prove in college football, who could go and have enough tape and go into the draft and, and don't really need to say anything else, Jamar Chase would be near the top of that list. Now, I'd say Trevor Lawrence is near the top of that list. He's planning on playing. Justin Fields might need a little more tape, but I think people be willing to, to take a chance on him, quote-unquote chance, in the top five. And, of course, he still wants to play. We'll see when Ohio State can get back on the field, but he certainly seems very adamant about trying to play when they do. But Jamar Chase, I, I, I thought, okay – this will be interesting if he plays. He will probably still be the best receiver in the country. Uh, it'll be him and, and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell, Alabama, kind of fighting it out for that. But I got to be honest. I was surprised a few weeks ago when it seemed like he was adamantly going to play. And I was less surprised on Sunday when he opted out. I get why he's doing it. I wish we could see him in college one more year, but I understand. And I think we all need to understand that this is just going to be a strange season. There, there are going to be things that we've not seen before. There are going to be games where guys are out. The game we watched on Saturday night, Austin P. Central Arkansas. You're going to hear Max and I talk about it. We're going to introduce you to a concept we call the RPPO, and we're ready for it to sweep college football. Well, that wouldn't have been happening on Saturday night had Austin P been at full strength. But Austin P has three long snappers. None of them were dressed out for the game. They had a backup linebacker snapping, and that didn't really work very well. So you'll hear Max and I talk about that a little more. But just understand that as these games go forward, some weird, wild stuff's going to happen. And some of it's going to be fun. Some of it's going to be ugly. Some of it's going to be creative. But just be ready because we're about to experience a college football season unlike any we've ever seen, especially if the first game we saw is any indication. Here's me and Max talking about the RPPO that the Austin P. Governors introduced to us and that we are ready to take national. Max Olson from The Athletic joins me because Max and I both stayed up to watch the entire Central Arkansas-Austin P game, not because we are massive Central Arkansas fans, which I, I a text I got last week, Max, I have to point this out. John Thompson, former East Carolina head coach, Central Arkansas grad. Wanted to, wanted, I was on the radio and I mentioned Scotty Pippen, and he texted me 
and said, how could you not mention me? And I said, okay. Now, I would also point out that, that Mike Norvell, Florida State head coach, Central Arkansas grad, they're very happy today because they're Bears. I, I have seen a photo of Mike Norvell at Central Arkansas. Yes, that's been verified. You have? What did his hair look like? <laughs> it was glorious. It was, it was, uh, it was Corn Road, as, uh, as some college kids are wont to do. That's exactly right. So congratulations to the Bears and their alums for the first win of the college football season. Max and I stayed up, watched the whole thing. I mean, listen, this game had everything, Max, and, and I realized that most people probably weren't that into Central Arkansas or Austin P. probably didn't know anything about either team, probably didn't know that Braylon Smith ropes calves, but now they do, and probably didn't realize that Austin P.'s coach got run off in July. Mark Hudspeth was the head coach, won 11 games last year, is not their head coach now. Mysterious circumstances said he needed to spend more time with his family, as coaches who are run off are wont to say. So this game had everything. This The, the long snapper couldn't snap. The quarterback had to punt. <laughs> we were missing three long snappers, Andy. I mean, welcome to 2020, you know? I, that's the thing. I think that's the... The part that, that I think really set in last night as the snaps were rolling past the punter, like there are going to be some games, and it's not necessarily always going to be like this, but there, there may be games against Power 5 powerhouses that look kind of like what we saw last night just because of who's there and who's not. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's one one thing I noticed from the very beginning of this, and I think it is, uh, it does foreshadow kind of what we're in for here in the the months ahead. Like there was a lot of rumors on FCS Twitter that Austin P was missing a big name player, and you know neither team sort of came out at the beginning and said, "Here's who we're missing for this game," um, and we're just gonna have to get used to this. It's just gonna be a, a weird deal every week where there's always gonna be this speculation that you know a team is missing. Uh, some big time players. Austin P was missing a big player. They're missing D'Angelo Wilson, their wide receiver, who put up 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns last year. But I, and, and even just going into a game like that without a player like that, it's just a reminder to us, Andy, as we're doing like these season previews and stuff that like it's all pretty futile. Things are just going to be so random every week. And you know, like, will these teams ever really be at full strength? Like, probably not, not even in their opener. Well, and that's what I was thinking about. I wrote a story last week about how it feels like there's a bigger advantage if you have a returning starting quarterback who played in the same offense last year. And, and I made a list of the, the Power 5 programs that have that. It's not many, spoiler alert. But that assumes that that quarterback is available every game. And, and the thing is, we're, we're only talking, you and I are talking about COVID. There are going to be the usual regular injuries in college football that keep people out. There may also be some opt-outs. There may be some some guys who put four good games on tape and decide, I'm, I'm done with this weird season. This is going to be the weirdest of weird seasons. Yeah, guaranteed. And and I think, uh, you know, when you're missing three long snappers, that's the perfect representation. They had a backup linebacker uh, in there to try and handle those duties. And and it was you feel for the punter watching that, Andy. I mean, is there is there a more, like, terrifying panicked play in college football than – when the, the pun is just dribbling away from the punter there? Oh, there, there are not. Now, I realize that punters f- overall have gotten a little bit bigger. If you watch the NFL, like every punter's jacked 
these days. I think it's because they really don't have much else to do at practice, yeah. and, and so they're they're getting a few extra sets in in the weight room. But Fair. you're right. The, the college yeah. punters, they're not quite – none of them are jacked yet, so they're just terrified when this happens. But what, what, what we <laughs> learn here is I think – Every team starting long snapper is probably going to have to be placed in some sort of hyperbaric chamber all week during the week. Like you, you can't let that person have contact with anyone. The the long snappers cannot live in apartments with the rest of the long snappers. No, they can't even. I I would I would go so far as to say the long snappers are not allowed to see one another during the week. They can they yeah. can talk during the game. They can they can maintain a friendship over Zoom like the rest exactly. of us. Exactly, you know. Yeah, they, they should not be allowed to be in contact. But yes, absolutely, new college football rule, new command. This is sort of like you know the president and the vice president not flying together, that sort of thing. Your long snapper and your backup long snapper may not be within six feet of one another during the game week. This is the new designated survivor policy for college football. I, you can't watch that stuff and not think about like if you're all America receivers out for your for one of your three games of your season. Like, I you, you watch it and think about like uh, you know like Jake Gyllenhaal is the bubble boy, right? You you got to get a bunch of those bubbles going just for your individual star players. Where uh, it's going to be a, a different existence, but we got to keep them keep them safe, man. My my kids have some friends who have a pool and they have one of those bubbles. Oh, there you go. Where you can just blow it up, and, and it's it's essentially like the Jake Gyllenhaal bubble, except you can kind of scoot around on the water in it. I, I think okay. we can convince all the long snappers of America to, to spend their weeks in these things. The, and and I, I, in case your listeners don't get it, Andy, I'm sure you've talked to coaches over the years that point out, like, when you don't have a snapper, that's a big deal. Like, we never mentioned those guys in the you know, state of the program and the depth chart updates and stuff. But when you don't have one uh, or your guy graduates and, and you are missing a guy that you can really rely on, uh, it, it's a huge deal to these coaches. Friday was a big day at the Staples house. Why? Because my new case of chicken ribs showed up. That's right. Chicken ribs. It is chicken. It tastes like ribs. Authentic smokehouse barbecue. They did all the work. They smoked it low and slow, especially chicken thigh with one bone left through it that you can eat like a rib. It's smothered in pork rub. It tastes like pork ribs, but 75% less fat and fewer calories. These things are great. I eat them all the time, which is why I'm so excited. I got another case of them. And oh, by the way, I'll take you behind the curtain. Just because they're a sponsor doesn't mean they're sending me this stuff for free. This stuff is so good that I'm just buying it and I'm using my promo code Andy to get $10 off my order because I love it. My son, who never eats anything, loves chicken ribs, and it's just a fantastic, great meal that I can get and have ready in seven minutes. Here's how I do it. Take my chicken ribs. I put them in the air fryer for five minutes. Then I coat them with ever so slightly a layer of sauce, just a little thin layer. Put them back in the air fryer for two minutes. You get that nice candy glaze on them. They are delicious. Great barbecue takes time, but chicken ribs makes it easy. Fully cooked from the smokehouse, chicken ribs are authentic barbecue ready in just minutes. Go to www.chickenribs.com and use the code Andy today to get $10 off plus free two-day shipping. I just did it. Trust me, it works. 
Who doesn't love perfectly smoked meat for the big game, whether at home or the tailgate or just for dinner? That's www.chickenribs.com and use the code Andy for $10 off plus free two-day shipping. Oh, I've always said that any gambler who wants to fix a game, don't bother going to anybody else. You go to the long snapper. Yeah. You go, I, we'll yeah. just get the long snapper and his backup so you're covered. Because um, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, two uh, two bad snaps yesterday. Uh, that was a six point difference. Yeah, and and by the way, it's hard. I can, as a former high school third string long snapper, uh, they they did have me as the emergency guy for a bit. Oh, okay. uh, it's not easy to do. It's a, it, it's actually kind of fun to practice it, and you, you start warming up by throwing it over your head using that motion. And then you get into the motion, you know, get into it where your your head's between your legs and you do it. But once you put all the pads on and then are trying to do it with your head between your legs, it is very difficult. It is it is not an easy thing to do. And it takes a lot of practice, which for the guys in college, that's most of what they're doing. They're not really doing anything else at practice. In high school, they're probably playing another position. But it becomes right. very, very difficult when you have a guy who's not been practicing it, and all of a sudden he's in a game. The punter's fifteen yards away, and you got to get it there. Well, okay, and here's another thing we could probably learn from that game. Do you think that uh, Trevor Lawrence and Sam Ellinger and the quarterbacks of of, of the FBS uh, should be practicing their punting this week? Absolutely, because I I will say that that Jeremiah Oatsfall wound up being a pretty good punter for the most part. There were a couple that were not great, but yeah. I'm looking at that and I'm thinking there's a strategic benefit to this because you yep. can run a play. And so yep. if the defense puts somebody deep to return the punt, you can have an audible call where you say, you know, you just, you, you make one check and you got a guy running a go against nobody back there. Cause you know, you're going to have a wide open, the person back there is probably the, the equivalent of the free safety. So how do they cover that? You know, basically, are, are you telling me open. that 2020 is going to give us the RPPO? You think that's where we're going? The run pass punt option. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly right. The RPPO max. You're a genius. The, the, your branding capabilities are unparalleled by the way. <laughs> RPPO. I mean, look at, I mean, if, if, if you put that on tape that your quarterback can punt, and and you know you've got some like fourth and six, and they think, all right, look at the way these guys are lined up. He's going to kick this, and then you trick them. You motion a guy over and and, and run a play. That's awesome. Well, it's interesting because as this was going on last night, I was thinking of Kevin Kelly, the coach at Pulaski Academy in Little Rock, Arkansas. Yeah, famously the coach who does not. Punch. I was thinking about that too. Yeah. Yes, let's go there. And I was thinking, okay, is is Austin P going to go to just a no punt strategy, but. This is probably better, and, and let's game this out because obviously they probably hadn't practiced. They probably had a quarterback punt in there. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I did the the story on Auburn's comeback in the 2010 Iron Bowl. There's a fourth yeah. down play where they have a package that's designed for Cam Newton to either punt or throw, depending on the signal he gets from the sideline. They wound up signaling in, "Hey, go for it, throw it." He throws to Darvin Adams, keeps the game-winning drive alive. But he would have punted otherwise, and they'd, they'd used that earlier in the season. So this is not an uncommon thing for, for no. teams to have yeah. in their system. But what they probably don't have is 
that's their punting game. Like, mm-hmm. why why do you need a traditional punt alignment if you've got a quarterback who can get it to roll? Because again, the defense takes a massive risk putting somebody back there. So the chances of this thing getting returned are pretty pretty slim. Yeah, I mean, and and there are some like you know Oatsfall. I saw. I think maybe his last punt of the game was like a forty-two yarder. Like you'll take that from your quarterback. Absolutely, absolutely. Now maybe need to be a boomer. Maybe you keep the the regular punt formation and the punter for when you're on your own twenty. But if you are anywhere near midfield, let your quarterback do it because there's a chance you're going to pin him inside the twenty. Well, and here's the other thing to this, Andy, that I was thinking about, like. Um, Central Arkansas went for it on fourth down on their first two drives, and it got me really excited because you think about it, it's like, dude, this is the YOLO season, right? Like, we don't exactly. know how long this is going to last. Well, and, and these, like, especially these two teams, right? Their leagues right. aren't even playing; they are just cobbling together a schedule. Like, like you know, why are we punting the season? You know, the season's potentially too short. Like, you know, we can't, we don't know how long it's going to last. The announcers kept reminding us last night that that might be the only game of the season, which I didn't appreciate, but like, why, why are we punting? Like in, in, you know, the, the situations where they went for it were at the 33 and the 30, like, and, and it made sense and it, they failed both times, but I want to see fewer punts and I want to see more gambles. Cause, uh, you know, we have no idea how long the season's going to last. Well, and right. Austin P's final touchdown was on a fourth down. Now, yeah. you wouldn't kick a field goal in that situation because you were down more than three. But, that, yeah, there's going to be a lot of going for it on fourth down this year, and there should be. But There should be. I Last night, we're, we're going to have to expand on this, Max. I, I realize I'm probably making more work for us today, but I think we may need to combine on a column about the RPPO. The RPPO. Like, I'm going to call Kevin Kelly after this. And see what he Please thinks do. about this. Because now he probably won't like it because it involves punting, period. But th- yeah. that said, I feel like this is a major strategic evolution. Well, and, and like, what if you, you know, the gamesmanship of it, like, what if you go put your, uh, go put your, like, punter in the slot or something and really kind of mess with him, right? That, hey, he's on the field. We can motion him out here if we <laughs> he want to. You could do like a jet sweep punt, like bring him in motion, <laughs> bring him in jet motion so he does, and then he does the rugby style kick as he's curling Dude, the around. Aussies can do all sorts of styles of kicks. Yeah, it's possible. Oh, if you've got an Aussie, you are insane. Because they're used to that. Yeah. In Aussie rules football, they're they used can kick to, in any setting. Right. Yeah. And they're used to getting the ball on the move and kicking on the move. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. Max, we may be get hired, getting hired as consultants after this. You've, you've done uh, how many podcasts have you done uh, where, where at the end of it, you're like, I should be a consultant. I mean, um, I think the shockingly, no one's hired me yet. So there, there may be <laughs> there may be some flaw in my plan. It's really weird. But I don't get that. Yeah, I imagine Gus Malzahn <laughs> was either watching that game last night between bites of Waffle House hash browns going. Yeah. Wait a second. Or somebody came to him today and said, Coach, you need to watch this game from last night. And and he's the wheels are spinning in a lot of heads. You know this. It 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 probably honestly it probably is a great reminder that it's like from a coaching standpoint, like this season and just the obstacles and the guys you could be missing in any given week. Don't you think it's going to bring out some of the most creative coaching we've seen? I think it will. I think and I think some of these things will last longer than this year. I right. think there there will be things that 
that become normal. Like, remember when they brought the shield punt formation in? I, I remember Urban Meyer came to Florida. He was one of the first people I'd seen using it. He had been using it at Utah. But this was the the three guys that stand in front of the punter instead of having just the one up back in front of the punter. And you essentially let some defenders go, and then they're going to hit those three guys instead of trying to block them at the line of scrimmage. Right. And what that does is allow your other guys to get down the field faster and cover the punt. That was sort of a, a change that now almost everyone uses. The rugby exactly. punt thing is was a change that almost everyone uses. And I do I do wonder is is the quarterback punt thing because there's it, remember this Max this is you cover a lot of recruiting too. Who's usually the punter in high school? Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. A lot of times it is the quarterback. A lot of yeah. time and because a lot of times the quarterbacks also play in free safety and. You just put your best athlete there, and you let them do good athlete things, and and that may yeah. be the the punting part of it aside. That may be the theme of this year: is find your best. Like everybody's got to find the best athlete on their team, and he's the emergency quarterback. And you have a, a package of ten plays for him, where you basically kind of do what Kentucky did last year with Lynn Bowden and, and, and run the triple option. Yeah, it's it's a um, it's a return to a lot of the. It's high school football elements, really. It's it's asking your guys, all right, what else can you play? You know, what else could you do? What else did you do in high school? Um, did you, can, can you kick? Can you punt? Um, you can know, you snap? Where, where can you, right? Can you, if, if you're a DB, like, can we go put you uh, at receiver and you can help out? Like, it, it I think there's going to be a ton of that. And, and it's funny, like, I, I was texting with our, our mutual friend, Travis Haney, after the game last night, and, and he, uh, Obviously, was pretty invested in it from the time he spent at Austin P with with Will Healy, and you know he pointed out like he's like I hope viewers understand this is coming for your team too. This is how it's going to be, and it's just like as much as people may watch that and think, oh, that's just FCS football. Like, no, no, this is going to happen in the SEC too. It's going to happen everywhere. Let's talk about a new sponsor that is near and dear to my heart, and that's because their glorious soft cotton T-shirts rest right on top of my heart. Homefield Apparel makes the best college shirts, sweatshirts, you name it, available. Because they don't use the boring old corporate logos that you see in the bookstore. These are all the cool old school logos, like the Tulane Angry Wave or Blaster the Burrow from the Colorado School of Mines. You want a vintage Vermont Catamount shirt? Of course you do. Well, you go to Homefield Apparel and they've got it. They've also got some of the biggies, Iowa, Indiana. And they're introducing new schools every Saturday on Big New Saturday. Noon Eastern, they introduce a new school. And I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but there's a bunch of people down in SEC country that are going to be really excited on Saturday, September 5th. That's probably all I'm allowed to say. But if you're an SEC fan base, you might be the lucky one that finds out you got something cool coming on Home Field Apparel. Has your mascot ever worn a jaunty sailor's cap? Well, guess what? Homefield has that on a T-shirt. You got to check these people out. The shirts, by the way, it will be your favorite shirt the moment you put it on. So I'm just telling you, super soft cotton, doesn't get any better. You're going to love it. So show some school spirit for your favorite teams or your alma mater. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use the code Andy for 20% off your first purchase. College football is back. That's right. They have played games well they have played a game one game but that's great because they're probably gonna play some more 
Go to homefieldapparel.com and use the code Andy for 20% off your first purchase. And I'm telling you, Saturday at noon, big news in SEC country. It could be a great equalizer or, like we were just talking about, it could be another test of your coach's ingenuity. And I I do wonder, you know, I mentioned Gus Malzahn before, who's been a high school head coach. I wonder if the guys with the high school coaching experience have a touch of an advantage because they've had to be improvisers like this. I mean, Mm -hmm. I remember talking to Gus Malzahn's offensive line coach from Springdale High, and he was telling me a story about how he and the, the other assistant coaches had to talk a guy out of quitting the football team to go do rodeo. Which, listen, <laughs> given what we saw last night from, from yeah. Central Arkansas's quarterback, that conversation's probably been had with him. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's one of those things that those guys have had to improvise at every step of the way just because when you're coaching in high school, you, you, you have to take what you get and make something out of it. There's going to be a lot of take what you get and make something out of it this season because you don't know what you're going to have from week to week. Dude, we're going to, I mean, we're going to see some linebackers playing running back. You know? Oh yeah, the the the, the uh, and vice versa. The Miles know? Jack deal. Remember UCLA yeah. had Miles Jack at running back. Yeah, hundred percent. I and I think the the corner and receiver thing, the you know the the Charles Woodson thing. I I think that's going to happen a lot too because that's yeah. one that is is pretty translatable and especially if you have to move a receiver to corner, you're basically telling him, hey, you know, at you know. It, in the simplest terms, you can tell them you got help or you don't have help, and there, there's it gets more complex than that. But if you're in an emergency situation, you can have a linebacker or a safety kind of signal to him what he's got going on, and he can probably figure it out. And then the receivers, if you move a corner to receiver, well, corners probably pr- played receiver in high school. They probably right. know at least the basics of the route tree. So, yeah, those are those are situations. O line, D line. Uh, I remember when I was covering Florida in 2007, Urban Meyer moved Mike Pouncey to defensive tackle because they just had a rash of injuries there and, and didn't have anybody. And Pouncey, at that point, Marquise was starting on the offensive line. They were both true mm-hmm. freshmen. But Mike had not won a starting job on the offensive line. So he, I, he wound up playing quite a bit at defensive tackle through the middle of the season because yeah, I see that working. he was yeah. athletically gifted and they needed somebody. Right. Yeah. No, I, I I think all options are on the table, and I think the smart coaches are probably spending time during preseason camp here um, working through that. I mean, we, we heard last week uh, Lincoln Riley sort of dropped the hint that, hey, we found out the night before uh, a practice or a scrimmage that we are missing all but one player at one position group. I mean, you, you could just shut it all down, but... Uh, I think a lot of times this year, and it's probably happened a ton, and we just, you know, the public hasn't heard about it. That, um, hey, we were missing a ton of guys this day, and we 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 tried somebody else in a spot because we needed some bodies there. Yeah, and the thing is, you may figure out something, a formation, a, a personnel grouping that could actually work for you, that could give you an advantage. I mean, it, what have we seen in college football? How or how have we seen? And it's not just college; every level of football, we've seen the game change. We've seen the game spread out. Uh, we've seen defenses get get smaller and lighter and faster. Well, what if all of a sudden a bunch of your small, light, fast guys are hurt mm-hmm. on off or hurt or either hurt or they have COVID on offense? What if then you bring a couple linebackers over to play fullback? What if you install yeah. like a pro set offense to run against all these? Uh, let's say let's say you're a Big Twelve team 
and you're playing against all these defenses that are designed to stop an air raid or some other kind of pass-happy spread offense, what if suddenly you're running the pro set with two tight ends and a fullback, and you're just yeah. running blast every play? Like, because those are the guys that are healthy. What do they yeah. have up the middle that's going to stop that? No, no, for sure. And, and look, I think there's probably going to be some people... Like, if this is the new reality, and I think it is, there'll be some people who watch it and say, oh, man, this is just too different from normal. But I I, I disagree. You know what I mean? Like, I think I, I'm, I'm good with the chaotic version of this where people have to evolve, where it's not, maybe in some ways it's not as sexy to watch, but it's these programs kind of scrapping through it with everybody they've got from week to week. Like, I think that's... Uh, I think that's a fun challenge, and it's it's a challenge for everybody. It's it's it, there's nothing unfair about that because every program is reckoning with this. Well, the other thing it's it's kind of a throwback to to the one platoon system where everybody had to play both ways and substitutions were limited, yeah. and and that but and that was based on a lack of available personnel. It was there just weren't that many people on a team back then? So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's what this is, and and so you're going to see a lot of throwbacky type stuff. Just because, look, people did that stuff back in the day because it worked. And well, I mean, and and then if we're not counting this for anyone's eligibility, right? Then you can you you play everybody you got, man. Absolutely. It's all hands on deck. It does, and it doesn't count against them. So there are going to be a lot more freshmen on the field. There's going to be a lot more mistakes because of that, I'm sure. Um, but it's going to be, um, you know, <laughs> it, it, you're going to be rolling in subs like it's hockey, man. It's going to be crazy. That is Nick Aliotti nodding his head. That's the sound you hear, the former Oregon defensive coordinator that you know had to deal with that at practice when Chip Kelly took over as the OC. And he's like, how, how do I defend this? And his idea was, oh, wait, I just make mass substitutions, like hockey right. line changes. And, and that suddenly became... Just a few fresh reps from everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And that became the conventional way of defending an up-tempo offense. It's, it, that's the thing. Stuff like that, all of that is, a, is born out of necessity. And I'm telling you right now, I imagine I want to do a little survey this week. I don't know if anybody's going to tell us, Max, because I think probably they want to save it to use in a game. But I guarantee you every coach who watched that game last night is now making a plan for if he doesn't have a long snapper. Yeah, I I think you're right. And look, I not I, I, I should say it is like a disclaimer that like, look, like we're not. Like it sucks for Austin P that they're missing their receiver and their long snappers, and in, in in some cases that maybe it wasn't even their fault, right? This is just how it's going to be. It's just super random where you may have had all the right protocols and done everything right, but one guy gets it, and that you know, then the rest of the you know long snappers might be contact traced and out for a week or two. You know what I mean? It's just going to happen. It it could happen to any position on on any team, no matter how how well you're you're doing this. So I'm not we're not trying to single them out. This is just. Uh, this is just the difficulty for, for everybody this fall. All right, so let's dig into the RPPO and and get real specific here. So mm-hmm. we can run this out of any formation as long as the quarterback's in the shotgun. So yeah. that, that in itself limits what the defense can do because I don't know what formation they're coming out in. Another, yet another reason why I am not putting anybody back to field that kick. So Mm -hmm. you've already got that advantage. As long as your quarterback gets it over the free safety's head, it's going to roll. You're going to have a decent length punt. So now let's talk about the other things you can do. You mentioned put the punter in the slot 
especially if you've got an Aussie, <laughs> and you can yeah. motion him into a rugby-style punt. You also, if your Aussie is athletic, like remember Brad Wing at mm-hmm. LSU, and they had yep. that fake where he scored against Florida? If your punter is pretty athletic, you could have him do kind of an option play where you bring him in motion, and it can be a jet sweep, or you could kind of do like the old-school uh, sweet pitch where mm-hmm. you have him come – behind the quarterback and then when he gets to the play side you do that sweet pitch and he can look and and read what's going on in front of him and if he's got enough room to make the first down you tell him to keep running down the sideline otherwise kick the thing before you cross the line of scrimmage (laughs) i think you need to go find out is like did lynn bowden know how to punt could he could he punt because like, I think I, he, I think you could have given Lynn Bowden 15 minutes in practice and he would have become your punter. He he probably he maybe already did that in high school. I don't know, but yeah. like yeah, I, I think if hell, what if you've got a running back on your team and he can get a little wildcatty with it too? You know what I mean? Well, and, and, who, the running back who knows how to kick. I'll it. go back to that that play in the Auburn Alabama 2010 game. So it was as simple as this. Basically, Cam could have read it himself, but the 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 way they had it set up was that they would. Gus would signal it from the sideline what, what they wanted. Mm-hmm. But essentially, if the corner that was playing the receiver who was isolated on the left side, if that corner played press, they were going to punt. If that okay. corner gave any sort of cushion at all, they were going to throw. And that's a – I mean, you can do that now. There's no – you don't need Cam Newton to do that. It's It's not the easiest throw in the world because the – Cam threw a perfect 10 yard out on that play. Mm-hmm. So maybe you want a different route. Maybe you want a slant or something else. But that thing is not that easy or not that difficult to duplicate. And and it's and your quarterback can read it on the field, or you can tell him from the sideline, but that's easy. Is the is the corner four yards off or is he right on him? Well, well, and think of it this way, right? So we all love um when a team runs a fake punt, right? Absolutely. Of any of any variety. But the way that works, you can only kind of do that like once a month, you know, like once mm-hmm. you put it on tape, everyone's kind of ready for it and they're coaching their guys up during the week. Hey, look out for this. They did this before. Um, the RPPO lets, lets you break that out in any way at any, any well, it's, moment's it's notice. Well, it's your offense. You know? I mean, think about it. Unless you're a, a service academy or Georgia Southern, unless you're an option team, you have tons of plays you run out of the shotgun normally. Hardly anybody right. goes under center anymore. So. To the defense, whatever it is you want to do looks like your offense, and I yeah. think that that that's the well, part and, that makes it easy. In the case of Oatsfall, like bottom line, it's a it's an easier snap for your for your center. You know, yeah. Well, you don't need a specialized person for it. Exactly, your center is very accustomed to to snapping, and and you know heard it you heard it last week. Dan Mullen from Florida said they had five guys playing center to make sure in case somebody's out. They have mm-hmm. someone who can snap because if you think having your long snappers out is bad, having all your centers out is way worse. <laughs> I, it, it's I, I'm reminded of uh, I covered that Alamo Bowl, that infamous Alamo Bowl where TCU came all the way back on Oregon, oh, and that yeah. was that was one of the you know Vernon Adams was knocked out of that game, but that was one of the other difference makers. Is in the fourth quarter, the the Ducks could not could not snap snap the football. I'm sure you've covered some games where that was There was very a noticeable. Florida Tennessee game in Knoxville and I I'm blanking on the year 
where poor Tennessee could not get a snap right. It just, yeah. I think it was, it may have been raining, but they just could not snap the ball cleanly and it just destroyed them. I mean, it wasn't even a game because, and I think they even got it straightened out by the, by the beginning of the second half, but it, was, it didn't matter. It was too late. So yeah, I mean, that, that's the sort of thing you have to, you're going to have to be cognizant of basically yeah. every large, I, I would go further maybe than Dan Mullen's going because he's, he's basically got, most of his starting offensive line and maybe one backup snapping, I would have every offensive lineman and every defensive lineman practice snapping every day. Mm-hmm. Our, our, if we were head coaches right now, I think our kids would be pretty sick of us, Andy. They would hate we us. would be the mad scientists doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Like, no, 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 stay day. out here. We're, we're going to stay out here for five more minutes. we got one more thing to try. <laughs> <laughs> I want to put each of you through a 30-minute camp to figure out every position you could play. Max, <laughs> this has been very educational. We're going to have to keep talking because I think I think we need to come up with a, an RPPO playbook that can run on The Athletic. And who knows, by the time this podcast goes live, you may be able to read that playbook. Ooh. I think let's give the people what they want. Let's get to work, Max. All right, buddy. Thank you.